listen to the sound of footsteps in the dark, to voices that may not be quite human, to the sound of screams in the night, the haunted cabaret, the home of all things horror, on Rhode Island Free Radio.org, with your host, George Garner. The haunted cabaret starts now. Yo 
Alright, that was Blue Oyster Cult, Career of Evil, kicking off this week's episode of The Haunted Cabaret. I'm your host, as always, George Garner. Across from me, Chuckles the Evil Clown. And look, I was patient. I wasn't going to raise a stink. Even if you forgot me, I wouldn't have cared. Yes, yes, you would have. No, I'm used to being forgotten. But he was pl- polite enough to introduce you immediately. Nurse Misery, shut the hell up. And uh, that apparently is Chuckles' introduction of Nurse Misery. Uh, <laughs> yes. Nurse Misery, welcome to the show. <laughs> Why, thank you. Um, and I'll tell you, Chuckles, you know, I s- said under the music, uh, sometimes these segues, I'm, I, they're just rolling. First of all, your show ended with Children of the Grave, and as we mentioned last week, one of the topics of discussion this week on this show will be evil children, because as you pointed out, there's a lot more to mention about that. The other segue, which I just did without even realizing it, unless it was subconscious, is that was Career of Evil by Blois to Cult, and you know, on your show and I, on this show, I would be remiss if I did not mention the career and passing of Wes Craven. I mean, I can't think of a more appropriate song, you know, to play before mentioning Wes Craven. And now, because I tend to stick to truth on this show, at least in my own opinions, except when I'm lying, um, I can't say, I really can't, I'm going to be honest, I can't say that, you know, Wes Craven made a bunch of great movies. I can't say that he's one of my favorite directors. I can't. What I can say is that the stuff that he did really good, he did really good. I mean, how many people can we thank for creating a new horror icon to add to... I mean, think about the uh, rogues gallery of evil we're talking about here. Dracula, Frankenstein monster, a creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, the mummy, uh, Hannibal Lecter, Norman Bates. And to that, Wes Craven added Freddy Krueger. Yep. One of the most enduring. And the great thing about this, and I mentioned the name Freddy Krueger, and I don't know if you can pick <laughs> it up on the audio, but there's a bunch of birds. Sounds like Canadian geese. Yeah, there's a bunch of bir- Canadian geese carrying on outside the studio like they're being murdered. <laughs> so I, yeah, I think maybe a bunch of West Warwick pit bulls have been set loose on a flock of Canadian geese at le- in honor of Wes Craven. At least that's what it sounds like out there. We'll go with that. Yeah, I, I like the image. I hate those geese. Ever since they crapped all over my new car, and, you know, and maybe after the first five or six times I stepped in goose crap <laughs> you know, while, while going to Roger Williams Park, it's just that's I just foul. I mean, I, you know, I'll go with the environmentalists up to a point, but there are just some animal species that need to be blown apart by shotguns on a regular basis. They just are, and those damn Canadian geese are one of them. I mean, they have to be on the verge of overpopulation. Bridge of overpopulating. <laughs> the only thing more numerous than Canadian geese is cockroaches and human beings. So something's going to give. Bridge of overpopulating. <laughs> yeah, something's going to give, and it's not going to be me stepping in goose crap the rest of my life. So it, it really looks isn't. like you need a hunting license and a gun. I'll tell you, either that or I'll volunteer for the uh, my brother's regiment. My brother is not in the military, but he works for the uh, town of Johnston for the uh, highway department. And one of his most enjoyable duties is that every so often they get to man the shotguns and they head up to the Rhode Island land, central landfill, the big gigantic pile of garbage that is only 10 feet from becoming the highest point of land in Rhode Island. 
and they get to blast away all morning at seagulls, which which are actually not seagulls, but they're dump gulls. They've, they've never seen this. These seagulls have never seen the ocean, believe me. They were born and raised at the dump. Yes, you are putting these things out of their misery. They have never seen the water. Absolutely not. So dump my gulls. So it sounds like a, <laughs> a freaking whore down in Providence. <laughs> Dump go. Kind of like the difference between fetish night and West Warwick fetish night. <laughs> oh. Absolutely. So my thinking is if we can do this with seagulls, why can't we do this with the Canadian geese? Uh, I really think we're at that. Like you said, there's, yeah. some, there's too many of them. I mean, they do it These for are, deer on different islands. They're like, oh, there's too many deers. We need you guys to come in here and kill them and eat them. Yeah. But no one wants to eat the geese, probably. Maybe not, which is stupid, because weren't there, like, old-time stories and stuff? Wasn't like it always... Christmas goose. Yeah. I mean, before we started eating turkeys, I mean, wasn't that geese that were eating on all these holidays and everything? Yeah, and because we stopped eating them, there's too many of them. Yeah, because we, <laughs> we stopped eating them, and then, in, and then in gratitude, they shit all over us. That's Exactly. They're like, ha-ha, you're not eating me, now I'm going to poop on you. <laughs> In the water, everywhere, I'm telling you. And the turds, did you ever see how revolting a, a Canadian goose turd is? They're just like some kind of slimy, oozy insect larva. Like, like some like hairless caterpillar lying all over the sidewalk. <laughs> That's lovely. It's a lovely image. I'll tell you, something has to be done, no question about it. I step in that one more time and my echo, my environmental credentials are going right out the window. Because it's going to be death. I almost got in trouble. Um, you know, my birthday was this weekend, and in honor of my birthday, my girlfriend took me to Southwick Zoo. Oh, that's nice. Well, yeah, it was nice, except that she took me before lunch. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't walk around the zoo without commenting on the uh, potential meal ability. Yeah, there's you know. a lot of good smelling food there. Yeah. I mean, so she learned her lesson from now on. Feed you, know, you first. <laughs> feed me before we go to the zoo where they're feeding the animals. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Especially the, the giant tortoises. <laughs> All I could picture was a thing upside down like a big soup? giant bowl of soup. Yeah. Especially when, she, especially when she turned around and George was taking a bite out of a lamb. <laughs> <laughs> and that lamb wasn't silent either when my choppers were sunk in its haunches. No, no question about it. That, don't, no, that, that came in danger of happening. It, re it really did. <laughs> but um, where... We started out with Wes Craven and, and somehow you got into children and, goose goose and eating out turkeys. And, and all, and all I got to say is I'm... <laughs> <laughs> is that why you look like you were dying? I, I have never eaten out a turkey, <laughs> nor you will that ever happen. You stuffing out of a turkey's... <laughs> oh. uh, that's why he had that smile on his face. Uh. <laughs> wow. Eating out ground-dwelling birds. <laughs> Doesn't sound very appetizing to me. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Thank you for that first-person testimony. Wow, do I need to reevaluate our situation? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you need to disinfect yes. his tongue. I know that's what you need to do. Yeah. That's the gravy. You've got to disinfect that How did we face. go from... Also, I, I, think I, I, do, I do know how we did it, Chuckles. It I think I can figure... No, the way we went off on this tangent was because I was about to point out that Freddy Krueger has become a horror icon, right? Freddy, and that, it says something about our society, though. Probably nothing good, which is a great thing as far as I'm concerned. 
wasn't Freddy Krueger, if I remember my Nightmare on Elm Street history, and I do, wasn't Freddy Krueger a pedophile? He was indeed. He wasn't, right. He was a pedophile who was executed by the parents of the children he had molested and killed in his basement room. Yep. Yep. So basically, right up there with Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and Martin Luther King, we have glorified in the United States a pedophile. Yep. As a legendary mythic part of American culture. So. What a lovely role model. Isn't it? Although I guess you know Dracula, you know that would be a you know vampire, that would be a serial killer. Um, but yeah, Freddy Krueger. I think yeah, he's. He, I think he has the distinction of having the most sleazy and notorious origins yeah, of any of our horror icons he, in the United States here. Yeah, Jason was just a kid that got picked on, so and I mean, came back for revenge. Yeah, so you can't get mad at him for that. No, and d- depending on Dracula's origins, basically, but he is a demonic creature. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Frankenstein monster was put together against his will. Yeah, he had no choice in existing. I mean, Michael Myers. Same right, Godzilla difference. was woken up by you know an atomic yeah. test, and Wolfman was, was mauled was by a werewolf. werewolf. Right, yep. creature was disturbed in his lair when you should have just left him alone. Yeah, that's right. what we get for sticking our noses where they. Yeah, don't I, can't, I can't think of anybody as More you know willfully people. perverted and evil as yeah. as Freddy Krueger. So thank you, Wes Craven. Yeah, he takes the cake. Yeah, and uh, like I say, I, we had talked, you know, if you haven't listened to Chuckles' show yet, uh, make sure you do so, because he talks in-depth about Wes Craven's accomplishments. Um, I'll just mention my two favorites, which are Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes, The original, both of these being the originals, of course. Yep, some great movies he made. But I did notice, Chuckles, and I don't know if you have an opinion on this, that, you know, Wes Craven was known mostly, and he did other things. Like when I was looking at your list of credits for Wes Craven. He did other things besides horror. And, but he's known mostly as a horror direct, director in the horror genre. And then I got to thinking about some other directors the same way, um, like John Carpenter, um, Tobe Hooper. And the thing I noticed most about all of them is that they made two or three incredibly great horror movies. And then the rest of it is kind of, you know, if it doesn't all exactly suck, it's not... Right. It's not consistently great. You're it's not going to go out of your way to buy it, but if it's on television, you're not going to change the it. station. Right. It's and palatable. I, right. And I just wonder why. I mean, so we got you know, like two or three great horror movies from each director. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I started thinking about other horror movies, you know, both in the horror genre and other more famous movies. They don't like to call horror movies, but they are. Yeah. And <clears throat> it seems to me that all these great horror movies were made by directors either not associated usually with horror or if they were they made like two or three great ones and then it was nothing much after that like um like alfred hitchcock you know not really known for horror per se you know made the birds and psycho Mm -hmm. and that was it and mystery movies after that right and his his thing was like spies and suspense but so he only made like two real horror Horror movies movies. uh the same thing with um rosemary's baby is one of my favorites um, creepy as hell, and I love Chuckles. By the way, has a great, great Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Which sooner or later, if I ever murder you, it won't be because I dislike you. It'll be because I want to get that little creature. Oh, okay. <laughs> so just so you know, but yeah, Ro- now Rosemary's Baby was made by uh, Roman Polanski. You know who made a couple of horror movies, and that was it. Um, the Exorcist was made by uh, William Friedkin. 
who went back and did, a, I think it was three total horror movies. Then he did other stuff. Yeah. Um, is there something about horror that it's kind of like you shoot your wad once and then it's like not much afterwards? Any, I don't know. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, there are directors out there that are known for making really good horror flicks. Right, but how uh, many, though? I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. In other words, how many really, you see my point, how yeah. many really good ones? There's one that I stick in my head is Clive Barker. He's known for, like, delivering you some really disturbed horror flicks. Good point. Uh, Hellraiser. Yep. Hellraiser 2. Uh, but then after he did that, then he, keep in mind, though, he stopped directing. Yeah, well, he put out was, Midnight Meat Train, which that thing was disturbing as now, all did he hell. Direct, did he direct that, or yeah. was that just he produced that? I believe he directed that one. Okay. And that took, what, like three to four years to get into the United States because we right. kept banning that, it? Was that was nasty. Yeah. That was. That was a creepy, vile movie, and he's got other like little side projects uh, that he did. Nightbreed. Yep. Nightbreed was another one. Uh, he also had a couple on the, um, what was it, the Horror Movie Masters of Horror that he put out little right. one-hour ones. Those are creepy, sinful movies. I I definitely know that he's, whenever he puts something in behind it that's horror, you, you're getting what you get. Yeah. Right. That's, Midnight Meat Train, the story was Clive Barker's, right, but the director, yeah. I can't pronounce his name, so I won't butcher it. Here you go, George. <laughs> okay, let me do the honors. Okay. <laughs> Directed by... I, I'm not going to take a chance on the first name, but the last name is Kitamura. My Godzilla movie watching stood me in good stead. So, yes, Mr. Director Kudamura. Yeah, I couldn't get the first name. That's why I'm like, oh, no. Actually, while you're at it, yeah, try, you know, Google Kudamura. See if he did any other movies. Because if they're anything like the Midnight Meat Train, then we want to see them. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll use the bigger technology so I can read it better. Yeah, who's the other one I'm trying to think of? I yeah, mean, see, I know yeah, you'll probably come up with one yeah. or two more, but it's not that easy, I'm telling you. Right. Oh, I'm trying to think of his name, and and he, it, it's it's just on the tip of my tongue, and I I, I don't know why, because I mean, I'm thinking of turkey. Kind of right like now. that turkey. Yeah, you beat well, the, me to the punch. The gooses just went by again a minute ago. <laughs> uh. Well, even if we go back in the day, I mean, you know, like uh, James Whale directed the original Frankenstein. Um, he did Bride of Frankenstein. Um, then, like I don't know, it's and then uh, let's see. Then we had. Robert Wise, who did a couple of them. There was a producer, Val Luton, back in the 40s, who did a whole series of Curse of the Cat People, but he was a producer. He wasn't a director, even though he had a lot of creative control over his projects. So I don't know. While we think this over, let's go back to the music for a second. Let's listen to some Black Sabbath. How about from the first album, The Wizard, here on the Haunted Cabaret, Rhode Island, Free Radio.
All right. That was Black Sabbath, The Wizard. And I pride myself on the fact that I actually heard Black Sabbath perform that show in concert. And Ozzy actually played the harmonica solos, just like on that studio album. Oh. I think, yeah, I think it was one of those phases where he had been sober for, you know, a few months before, you know, and after. So, yes. So I heard him play the harmonica and get those parts right for the, probably the only time in his life <laughs> since they recorded this originally. But, yeah, while the music was on, too, uh, Nurse Misery's been Googling a few things, uh, you know, to s- check on my statement about, you know, very few directors have directed more than two or three good horror movies. And, uh, yeah, apparently Clive Barker, you know, we think of him as having done a lot more, but, no, actually he only directed seven movies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Hellraiser being one of them, of course, that's the important one. Yeah. Um, and then Chuckles, yeah, you would mention Stephen King's. Same thing. In other words, now Stephen King, he sold almost everything he wrote to other people so they could screw it up for him. Yeah. But, you know, as far as projects that he was personally involved with, yeah, very few. And, yeah, we won't even mention the new Cujo remake that they're working on. We just did. And we, yeah. and we will stop mentioning it right there. Yep. Yeah. But uh, originally now, besides, we were going to talk about evil children. Because you said last episode, you said that, yeah, I scratched the surface, and you had a couple more in mind. Yeah, there's a, there's yeah, a, a couple lot right off the top kids. of your head, though. Like what? Yeah, what comes to you? What did you Children come? of the Corn. Like yes, yeah, speak. Yeah, oh, there we go. Stephen Segways, Children of the Corn. Now Stephen King wrote a really, really scary short story in his Night Shift collection, so I really enjoyed that. That kept me up at night. Um, the movies. I don't know. I mean, all those sequels I think we can throw in the dumpster. The sequels, yeah, but the first one was awesome. I enjoyed that. Well, it had, it was fun. It had, um, 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 um what was her name? Uh, You're asking the wrong person for actors and actresses yeah. on there. No, all no, no, this is, no, we know this. This was um, Linda Hamilton. Yes, never could I forget Linda Hamilton after watching her in the Terminator movies. But, yeah, I think... The first Children of the Corn starred Linda Hamilton, if I'm not mistaken, which evil. is reason enough to watch it. Evil little kids. You wanted to punt them in the head. You did, but not so much as the Children of the Dam. No, right? no. Those, that, yeah. those are, if Chuckles should meet those actors in real life, those <laughs> actors are in trouble. That's how much you hate those yeah, kids. Yeah, they're going to get kicked. Yeah, let's hope they never arrive at Providence Comic Con, because <laughs> if they do, Chuckles the Clown has a machete he wants to use on them. Yes, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to kick you. And I'll tell you, now, speaking of you, now, we were, Mentioning Comic-Con on Chuckles' show, and that brings to mind Star Trek, because there's several casts of Star, cast members of Star Trek going to be at Comic-Con. Yes, there are. Cross-referencing Star Trek and Evil Kids brings to mind the original, was that, Tony? Will Wheaton. Well, yes, we won't even talk about him. He's unholy. <laughs> but brings to mind the original Star Trek series. If you remember those, that group of kids with the friendly angel. Does anyone here remember that? Hold on a second. You're talking Star Trek. I've got to take a nap. Okay. okay, but we're talking about evil kids. And like I said, I'll, just th- I'll throw it out there since we don't want to depress Chuckles. But there was a Star Trek episode on the original series, and I can't remember. I think it's called And the Children Shall Lead. And what it's about is this alien creature on this planet that takes these kids. Well, I guess it's almost like demonic possession, but I guess you would say it's alien influence in these little group of kids kill their parents and they're brought aboard the Enterprise and they try to take over the Enterprise, but of course they're defeated by Captain Kirk. But these are the, you know, talk about kids you want to punch in the face. 
if you ever get sick of wanting to punch the village of the damned kids or the children of the damned kids, yeah, check out this Star Trek episode called "The Chil- and the Children Shall Lead." If you want obnoxious, hateful kids, you real you want to, I don't know, beam them out into space on widest dispersal. Is that what the Trekkies would say? In other words, some, you know, use the transporter, do something to them. You know, don't rehabilitate them like they did on the show. <laughs> it was completely unbelievable. All right, so, all right, we, got, we disposed of Star Trek chuckles. Don't worry about it. That's Thank a, you. That's all we're doing with Star Trek. I was starting to get ready to take a nap. Okay, well, instead of that, introduce your next evil kid. When I, I've lost the evil kids. You got me distracted on turkey stuffings, all right? <laughs> Are you still dwelling on that goose thing? He yeah, is. It's he, funny. He's in Not, goose world. I mean, turkeys or geese chuckles, there's a difference here. Well, you know, funny. I'd like to sometime, at some point make Rhode Island Free Radio a full-time gig. And, of course, having a full-time radio station, you'll need a morning show. Okay. And I think that this should be the cast for the morning show. Just imagine John Q. Public driving to work in the morning, <laughs> and we're on the air talking about turkey-related fellatio. <laughs> and, Ratings would be huge. And goose dismemberment. I'm in. I'm used to being up at 5 a.m. working, so it won't phase me any. Well, I well, remember well, at the end you were talking about the girl from The Ring, Samara. Oh, you yes, that's right, up. The Ring. Yeah, I, I knew that. That's why I asked you again because I knew there was another one. And I, I, yeah, and I criticized myself too because I missed that one. Yeah, The Ring. Uh, yes, Ringu, uh, as the Japanese people call it. That kid was creepy. It comes to figure out that really wasn't a little kid crawling out of the well, but a really attractive woman that is small. But they were able to disguise her as an evil kid. That kid came back on the Chuckles and Last show, and that kid's no joke. I'll tell you this right now. She was going around tormenting the whole insane asylum. Uh, not me, of course, because I thought it was entertaining. But the rest of the inmates, she was torturing right, we got, Yeah, Because we got two evil kids in question here. One, the ring, otherwise known as Ringu, the Japanese one. That's Samura. Mm-hmm. Right? Then we had the other one, uh, the American version being the grudge and... The Japanese uh, version, Juan, right? The grudge. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, this is where Nurse Misery and I uh, separate. She hates that movie. But the first and third one, I absolutely adore. That kid is creepy as sin, especially when he opens his mouth and makes that noise. Right. And then, yeah, and I, I only saw the first one myself. Then I figured it was redundant. To the second it one, it didn't need to be done. And then the third one with just the movements alone of the child and his mother, oh. the way that they were moving, terrified Nurse Misery. It yeah, didn't the third have... one was creepy. The first one I had watched it, and I was bored to tears by it. I don't know if it was because I was home from school sick that day and just couldn't be entertained no matter what but i think I was that was it. i think it. that was it because yeah it's a good movie yeah it was a, it was a little bit of a slow build-up granted but it was the as we say the payoff was worth it especially when you're seeing the kid with the jaw drop you know the kid with the jaw through the whole movie yeah. and then you find out that the reason for that is because his jaw was torn off when they find the bone mm-hmm. and then you realize that's why yeah, so that was a, a genuinely creepy moment Oh, yeah. No question about it. And the ring, now, the ring is an unusual situation because Ringu and the American version of the ring, usually I'm a person that prefers the Japanese. Yeah, I like Japanese horror cinema just like I like Japanese science fiction cinema. In this case only, this is the only one where I do prefer the American version better by a little bit. Yeah, it was a little more fluent. It was a little more... uh had a little more edge to it than the, the Japanese version. Yes, something, yeah. And I'll tell you, yeah, now that you got me thinking about The Ring, I'm going to have to go watch that again when I get home. Because, yeah, Samra, that was, 
and that again, that was a perfectly made movie. Like it can be done because they show you a bunch of horrible shit, and then they start to explain it little by little. And everything they explain, you say, "Oh my God, yeah." Right? It all makes sense, and every time they have a revelation about why something is happening, it gets worse and worse and worse. Until you find out that the reason you have seven days to live between the time you watch the video and the time that she kills you, because the seven days was how long she lived down in that well. Yeah. And that to me is one of the greatest, that how long it took her to die in the darkness. And that is one of the most evil punchlines. Yeah. Greatest punchlines ever in a horror movie. And I include all of them. Yeah, that movie creeped me out. I mean, out. I just got to, I just got to like chill just yeah. thinking about when, that. Right? When, the, when the woman was dredging the skeleton out of the bottom of that well, and there was no music, no suspense, and all of a sudden the ghost, boom, was right there. That was a moment I was with a young lady that ended up digging her fingernails so deeply into my, my muscle that I almost <laughs> needed stitches. Right. Uh, I, I wanted to throw her across the room, and I said, you, you, you had to have known something bad was coming up. She's down in a well with a skeleton. Well, they didn't play any good music. See, and that's, and See, that's the thing. That's the key. People rely on right, it. People, right. At this point, it's become such a horror movie cliche. Yeah. You know, the, mu- the music comes before the scare. Yep. Or, so then you can prep yourself. Yeah, human, yeah that, and that's how simple it is. To manipulate human nature. Now, how many of us at this table, well, I, I will say I did it, after watching that movie, called their friends and so, now don't have those friends? You mean telling them to watch it? No, no, no. At, right after that movie, okay. got on the phone and called someone. No. <laughs> I, I didn't You do never did the, that. I didn't do the seven-day prank call. Actually, I have never done a prank call in my life. Wow. Am I the only one in this room that did that? That well, that that never occurred to me actually. Now the and actually, if you had done that, unless they had watched the ring before you did, they wouldn't have got it anyway. Okay. Well, I just go upstairs. No, he's saying they watched it all together in a room. Then he snuck upstairs oh, oh, you mean, you mean and called the their pe- cell oh, oh, phone. Oh, got you yeah. with the people you watched it with. Yeah. You guys didn't do that. No, you know why? Because I was I made... too young to have a cell phone when that came out. <laughs> I guess I'm a rotten bastard. Well, now. no, well, no. I think the problem was I was I made the misfortune, I made the unfortunate mistake of watching that movie by myself, which is probably why I'm as warped and traumatized. That's one of the reasons why I'm as twisted as I am now. Because I'll tell you, yeah, that that movie, it, and I'll tell you, I've been watching horror and reading written horror for a long time. It takes a lot to s- literally scare me. That movie did it. Yeah, like I say it has all my praise. It did it yep doesn't happen often but uh, some, now the only thing that now and i think it's a good thing that they made one sequel right yeah of the ring the sequel is good it, it was okay but you know then they dropped it and i think that's a good thing because you can't really make a franchise out of samra yeah it's, you can't yeah. there's no there's no place to take it no and the movie was done Right. When the credits rolled, it was over. Yeah, it made sense how the sequel came out because there was a leftover VHS copy of it. Right. So they justified the sequel, but it wasn't necessary. Yeah. To take it further, you know, not at all. Yeah. It had a very neat 
closing at the end of the first one. The second one's just like, eh, whatever, try and make more money. Now, right. to add scare to that, now, you know where my last asylum I was in, it was actually haunted by other things besides me, and we were watching <laughs> that down in a dark, damp haunted basement. basement. <laughs> and then I was the jerk that went upstairs and dialed the phone number to someone inside there that I was attracted to. <gasps> and uh, let's just say this. Chuckles didn't get any nookie that night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's on that. <laughs> wow, how do you move uh, on from uh, there? I and that's when it. he resorted to turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the turkeys happened before me, I'm cool with that. <laughs> and as long as he disinfected his tongue. Yes. All right, let's go. Uh, let's resort to a little bit more music here. Let's go. Um, Bedroom Rehab Corp. Let's do a little Basilosaurus, one of my favorites, here on the Haunted Cabaret, Rhode Island Free Radio. Let it be as well as bone. 
All right, that was Bedroom Rehab Corp with Basilosaurus, uh, the metal band that owns the most bizarre name in the history of music. Uh, apparently, the story is uh, that Tony Jones got from the band themselves is that they wanted a name that was not taken. You know, because obviously anybody that's ever been in a band or even thought of starting a band, you sit there for hours and days trying to come up with a name that and sounds you, good. And you have to really come up with a name that <laughs> expresses what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yes, Tony, yeah. wow. Yes, you do. And uh, yeah, Tony's referring to a certain band that, of our acquaintance <laughs> that really made a big silly production of the whole thing. Um, but yeah, but Tony, in, in, in uh, defense of that band, I don't think they're the only ones that take it that seriously. I think that there many, many a creative individual has, been, has faced the moment when they sat around and just thought for hours and just could not find the ideal name. So what these people did is they literally went to the dictionary, you know, old-fashioned in-print dictionary, opened it, and their name became the first three words that they found at random when they put their finger on the dictionary. And that's how we have Bedroom Rehab Corporation. Hmm. Yeah, good music, too. I mean, I don't think it's going to take them anywhere because there is something to be said for names that really re- express who you are, yeah. <laughs> in, as opposed to Bedroom Rehab Corporation. But, hey, it was, it was a new twist on the name-finding experience. If I thought that the band Tony Jones and the Cretan 3 was actually going to be around close to 10 years later, I probably would have spent more time hashing out a name. <laughs> well, I've thought of that myself, but that's actually the beauty of the name of our band is because rock and roll itself now in spite of what bono from the edge and bruce springsteen and all these boner heads have tried to tell us <laughs> rock and roll is not supposed to be serious and when i say rock and roll i mean rock and roll i mean pop i mean metal i mean whatever whatever your category of music is it's not brain surgery it's not either on human brains or alien. It's, it's, you know, it's just no kind of brain surgery. It's not profound. It's not the uh, philosophy you know, dug up out of the ground in the Dead Sea. It's, it's not supposed to be that serious. We don't need, you don't need to write about it on Facebook for pages about how you're searching for your inspiration. You're writing songs about drinking, getting laid, and monsters if you're a tip and... And sometimes music itself. That's sometimes drinking, getting laid in monsters all at the same all time. All at the same time. Yes. To quote Tony Jones, <laughs> the, interesting evening. the writer of Lady Frankenstein, which, by the way. Based well, on a true story. Based on a true story. And which has now become the soundtrack of a horror movie itself. Tony, what's the name of that movie that let's let's uh, be nepotitic here for a second. What's the name of that movie that we have a soundtrack? Dr. Frankenstein's House of the Hungry Undead. Sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, I haven't checked it out you yet. You guys should watch it and review it. Yeah, the funny thing is that so far the reviews we've seen of the movie just review our music and that's it, and it <laughs> stops right there. But, yeah, so we'll have to give the music a watch. We'll have to give this movie a watch for ourselves, and I'll let you know what we think of it on this on this very show in the future. But um, where were we? Evil Kids. Yeah, now, Chuckles, you brought up a good point during the music. Now, what about Possessed Kids? Now, they're not evil on purpose, although Linda Blair, I think there's a case to be made that, you know, she's so obnoxious, like, as an actress, that, (laughs) 
know, if you've seen her in anything other than The Exorcist, I mean, you prefer the demon personality in The Exorcist mm-hmm. to anything you've seen her act in, you know, on her own. Re- believe me. Well, except for maybe <clears throat> Caged Heat, because then she was naked, so she didn't really have to act much. You just got the look. Yeah, you got yeah you got to look, and she moaned and screamed. Oh, so that's easy. Well, actually, well, actually, come so, to think of it, that's pretty much all she did in The Exorcist too: moaned and screamed, dressed. So that's what she can do. She and can throw moan up. and scream and throw up. Well, she's multi-talented then. Yeah, she, yeah and she can. Well, actually, I can't really quote the The Exorcist <laughs> on this show. Sounds I, like a few dates I've been on. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've all been there. We really have. Yep the the vomiting the uh, <laughs> the acne Ooh. the uh, the physical smell. Oh. I mean, The Exorcist, you don't, there was no smell of vision attached to The Exorcist, but you know that that creature stank. It was implied. It was implied. You just knew it. Yeah. And yes, yes, like many dates, both Tony and I and probably the clown and Earth Miss Misery, we have been on. I was, you know, I met this girl years ago. I was a young fella at the time and we were, you know, making out or whatever, just kind of joking around and jokingly, I bit her cheek and when I bit her cheek, a zit popped in my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> My word. I <laughs> can't top that. Tony Jones, you win. The closest I can come to that would be in the backseat of my car in the legendary Roger Williams Park here in Rhode Island, uh, up near the museum, um, and the girl dropped her, took her pants off. And she asked me to do something I can't describe. <laughs> FCC regulations. It involves turkeys. <laughs> I'll tell you, Chuckles, this night I would have preferred, I, I would have gone into species rather than what. I, yeah, but I bent down to within two feet. And liter, now, literally, I, I bent down to within two feet of this glory hole. And, <laughs> Glory hole. And the, and the stench that hit me, the stench that hit me, I thought of all Lovecraft stories about, you know, the, the stench of rotting fish and rotting. This is that, from two feet away. From two feet away. Like That's as close terrifying. as I. Yeah, if I, went like, <laughs> if I went like that toward your crotch, that's how. <laughs> that's how, with two feet, a foot and a half at wow. least. Yeah, and I smell the odor of the beach at low tide and rotting fish. And I'll tell you, I said, excuse me a minute. I didn't say excuse me a minute. I just said, wait a minute. I, I, made, some, I made some gurgling, incoherent sound because the vomit, just like, just like Linda Blair in The Exorcist, the vomit was rising in my throat. So fast, you had the right. All I could think of was to get out of that car because I had, that wasn't a that was a recently bought car, if I remember oh, correctly. Did you Febreze it later? I didn't have to Febreze it because I made it out the door. Okay. Well, like her stench, did the car soak it in? Not really, because I just had her pull up her pants after that. Nothing else happened. There you go. So it didn't have a you know, yeah. And luckily, I think. You know what? I was pretty clever in those days because what I would do when I thought there was going to be some kind of activity, even with a woman that smelled and tasted okay. Um, blanket down? Blanket on the seat. 
Nice. Clever boy. Just wash yeah. the blanket. No, I didn't wash the blanket. I threw it away. Oh. In this, in this, case, in this well, case. In that case. Other, yes. ca- other cases, I washed it. In this case, I threw it away. And burnt the seat and replaced it with another one. Threw the blanket out. It was standing up by itself on the side of the road. <laughs> the blanket was crying. Did, did an exorcism on the seat, probably, if I remember correctly. The blanket was hanging itself. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not stench. <laughs> But but brings us back, which brings us back to the Exodus, though, because the question is, could a possessed kid be considered in our category of evil kids? Seems like they should be their own sub branch. Yeah, because now, Tony, how are we doing for time? By the way, ten more minutes. Okay, that gives me time for a short explanation. According to the church, which is apparently the authority on exorcism, which is what the Exorcist movie and book is based on, you know, Catholic Church teaching. So I'm on safe ground here. Apparently, when a human being is possessed by a demon, whether you believe in that thing or not, that type of thing or not, the soul of the person being possessed, and actually uh, our friend Keith Johnson is the person to talk to more about this, but apparently, from what I understand, the soul of the person being possessed is not touched. In other words, they don't commit a sin when the demon uses their body for various horrible things, Mm. like it did in The Exorcist. So, no, I don't, on that theological basis i'm going to say that you know possessed kids in movies not evil the demon is evil yeah so what we have you know we would have to do a show about evil creatures you know favorite evil creatures but no the kid not evil no so i i think i hate to get theological there but i think that was the only way to answer that question now there was another now, demon possessed, and what was the other one? Fire started. Well, Fire. she was talking about the ghost of a child, and I said that didn't count because if it's a ghost, it's no longer there. It's right, it's, it's, right. It's a ghost and not a living kid. Now, yeah. now, of course, if it was evil in life and then died, and it was a ghost like Samra, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, then that's. But it had the key, I think, would have to be evil in life first. Yeah, I don't. You know, to be an evil ghost. Yeah. I was now, about fi- the now, Firestarter, if I remember. The girl Charlie McGee, I think her name was, in Firestarter. Um, that was mostly, that would come under vigilante self-defense, I think. It's still evil setting someone on fire, man. There's no way around that. That's not a nice gesture. That's evil. But if I remember correctly, what they were trying to do to her and her father, didn't, wasn't that a matter of government agents kidnapping the poor kid? Yeah. Bringing it to a secret laboratory. Experimenting on her. Experimenting on her. And trying to find the secret of her fire starting power so that they could use it to make weapons, weapons of mass destruction. And her father was kidnapped with her. And there was a very perverted, devious, deranged character portrayed by one of my favorite actors, George C. Scott. Um, I, don't, I, I tend to think of, and now keep in mind, this girl could only start fires. She didn't have a choice between, you know, like Carrie, you know, sending the steak knives at you or starting a fire, or using a gun and starting a fire. All she could do was start fires. So, no, I'm, I'm putting that down as self-defense. Now, on the other hand, if she grew up and said, oh, this is fun, and she started out by burning bugs, you know, and then she went out and burned dogs and geese. You, you would know, be happy. I would, that, well, I would be happy to you know, get rid of the geese because then they'd be cooked in, not there. Yeah. But... The point is, if she had thought of it on her own and started doing this without being provoked, then she would be evil. True. So, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm letting her off the hook. All right, you let her off the hook. I still think she's evil. 
<laughs> you just don't like Drew Barrymore. No, I do like Drew Barrymore <laughs> a lot. Yes, very much so. <laughs> very much so. Well, yes. See, I, and the thing about Drew Barrymore is if she dated Tom Green, okay. like anybody in this room has a chance with her, she dated Tom Green. Exactly. <laughs> and I keep keeping my fingers crossed. I mean, no, no. <laughs> I, I have not sent her messages asking her to date me. Well, actually, I think Drew Barrymore, I don't think she does she do any. What does she do these days anyway? Pops babies out. <laughs> I figured, right? Because she's one of those child actors that never really became a grown-up actor. No, she did. She 50 did first. some she, stuff with she Adam tried, Sandler. Right, she tried to do comedies. a few things, but. No, I saw, I think last time I saw Drew Barrymore, she was on Robert Osborne's uh, Turner Classic Movie Channel, introducing movies. <laughs> And uh, let's just say that she doesn't have the insight of Robert Osborne when it comes to talking about these movies. So it wasn't her, um, it wasn't her insight into these classic movies that got her that job. I really don't think so. No, absolutely not. Mute no. buttons are very handy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if the viewers or the listeners could only see your eyes at the moment. Yes, the woman. And the, your cheeks. Yes, the woman ha- obviously can do better things with her mouth than talk. Wow. That's how she continues to be employed in the entertainment industry. <laughs> Chuckles is nodding in I agreement. need to become a director. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Let's, t- let's dedicate this next song to uh, Drew Barrymore. It's, <laughs> it's uh, basically uh, yeah, Thin Lizzy, Angel from the Coast, on the Haunted Cabaret on Rhode Island Free Radio.
All right, that was Thin Lizzy, Angel from the Coast, and this is the Haunted Cabaret from the studios of West Warwick. Um, not quite the coast, but well, the East Coast, right? Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah not, we're, we're not quite on the water, but yeah, we're, we're close on, enough to, Oh, we're on the coast of whatever this pond is over here where they're going to put in the high-end condos. That's right. We do have this fetid pond floating around in the back there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see the water through the stagnation. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We are on. We are on the water. We are on the coast. We are on the pond. <laughs> but we are also almost out of time. Um, at Chuckles Nurse Misery. Uh, just a couple of events coming up that you were promoted on uh, Chuckles Show. Why don't you throw it at us again? Sure. Our next upcoming event is Rhode Island Comic Con, where not only will the Chuckles and Laugh Show be there, but Rhode Island Free Radio will be there as well. That's going to be on November 6th, 7th, and 8th at the Rhode Island Convention Center. And what's coming up in September? In September is going to be Scary Acres opening September 25th, open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday through October 30th. And I hear we may be giving away free passes to Scary Acres on these very programs. The, we are working that deal right now uh, to get some free passes. Either way, there will be some free passes with that and a set of free passes to Chuckles Haunt this year to a lucky listener out there. Right, and if you have any definitely and unchangeably evil children, Chuckles the Clown would love to meet them at Scary Acres. <laughs> definitely. It's we a cornfield. a lot of evil children there. <laughs> If you would like to lose some evil children at Scary Acres, that can be arranged, too. We need Courtesy fertilizer. of Chuckles the Clown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, um, yeah, that's about the show tonight. For tonight, I don't think we have much time for music to take us out. It, yeah. yeah, we'll just do... All right, you know what? I can't bring myself to say, let's do a little bit of Alice Cooper, because if we start an Alice Cooper song, I want to finish it. Let's do a little Amana Marth. Yeah, we'll get some instrumental in there. Uh, Twilight of the Thunder God taking us out of the Haunted Cabaret on Rhode Island Free Radio. Nighty night.
Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.